the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. That's a cross. He scores! This is the Preds official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Eighty-one games down, one more to go. At least in the regular season. Episode twenty-nine of the Predators' official podcast, the final episode of the regular season. We will continue, of course, into the postseason. More on that later. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis, alongside we are of NashvillePredators.com. Exciting times in Nashville, Tennessee. The flowers are blooming. I'm sneezing. You're coughing. Things are looking up. Doesn't that just welcome people into the show? <laughs> when you talked about the end of the regular season, I almost fell out of my chair. I thought the show was going to end. No, it's, never. No, silly. <laughs> Come on. We've had we've had a couple people ask us via social media, like, is this it? Week after week after week. Please, are you done? The show is <laughs> <be> over. <laughs> Enough already. Hey, so I know it's just like four episodes in. Is this really still going to be a thing? <laughs> wow. Well, guess what, guess what, fans? As long as Josh Upton keeps producing shows, we're going to keep slinging them out there online and on the radio. <laughs> slinging and flinging. We've got another one for you this week. Uh, as we mentioned at the top, the regular season is almost done. One more game to go. That's a big one. We'll touch on that in just a moment. What have we got today? Great stuff, as always. An interview with Predators associate captain Ryan Ellis. His debut on the Predators official podcast. Who better to talk the postseason than number four? Also... The two new guys, the rookies, Dante Fabro and Rem Pitlick, together outside. You can hear a plane go by overhead. We'll talk to them in just a moment as well. And, of course, going to recap these last couple games and talk postseason. We don't quite know who the Preds are going to face yet as we record this on Friday afternoon, but we do know that Saturday night in Smashville, arguably the biggest regular mm-hmm. season game maybe that you and I have been a part of in five seasons. Well, and we're going to ask Ryan Ellis about that, and you're right. He, he does do an excellent job recapping the regular season and speaking to the playoffs. I finally asked him a question that's been on my mind for a while, even approaching a series on the road, having home ice advantage. Like I understand that there's a correct answer and well, we always want to be at home. But then as he says, again, two years ago, the Preds were the road team for every playoff series. And that worked out very well with for them as they go all the way to the Stanley cup final. So there's some advantages to the other way. So it was interesting to provide insight into that and, and stay tuned to social media, but our hope would be to have maybe a bonus episode about the Stanley Cup playoffs of this show because just how important Saturday night's game is against the Blackhawks. But we kind of have to double down. We can't see into the future, <laughs> so we can talk about the, the significance of that one, but then also say to you that the Predators could play a variety of playoff teams. They could play the Jets. They could play the Blues. They could play the Stars. Um, so we'll see where their seating moves around on Saturday night. Um, so because of that, we can talk about this the significance of the regular season building to that point, and we'll save the playoffs for a few days later, I guess. Saturday night in Smashville, if the Predators beat the Chicago Blackhawks in any fashion, mm-hmm. they will win their second consecutive Central Division. And for everything that's happened this season, for all the episodes where we've said, Things are looking great. This team's unstoppable. And then for all the episodes where we've said, gosh, you'd like to see things start picking up a little Mm -hmm. bit. For all the highs and lows, the adversity this team has faced. To be in this position in game 82, to hit the 100-point mark, 
and win a second straight division title and raise another banner, you know they want to do that. And 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 especially going into the playoffs. The Stanley Cup playoffs don't start until Wednesday at the earliest of next week. Mm-hmm. But as far as having a game to test your playoff readiness, mm-hmm. this is it. It doesn't get any bigger than this in the regular season. I'll paraphrase on this, but I liked what head coach Peter Laviolette said after Thursday's comeback win against the Vancouver Canucks. And that was, he said, in his experience as a team, when you're not playing meaningful games, like the Canucks weren't in that contest, you can say, we need to play desperate. We, we need to do our best. We want momentum carrying into the offseason. We, we've got jobs and spots to earn on the NHL roster if you're a younger guy. He said, talk only goes so far. And I think we've seen that not even just in sports. That applies to life as well. And he said, on the opposite end of the spectrum, when you do when your back is against the wall, when you do have to win a game like the Predators have all week long, that's when it comes um, to fruition. That's when you bring your best. And again, I mean, it, it seemed like it was over. The Canucks had a 2 to nothing lead, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is going to be a tough way to end this potential to be able to win the Central Division. And yet they clawed right back and finally got the help they needed about an hour and a half later um, when the Colorado Avalanche beat the Winnipeg Jets in overtime. So the Preds entered into this final regular season knowing we have to gain points. We need some help on the Blues and the Jets. We can't even do it ourselves. Even if we win all three games and beat the Sabres, beat the Canucks, and beat the Blackhawks, we can't win the Central Division. And they got the help that they needed, even so barely. I mean, again, even with the Blues game, like as close as it was, tying it, going to a shootout against the Blackhawks on Wednesday night, but the Blackhawks and Jonathan Tave get it done for them. So they've given themselves the potential to, yes, one of, one of the biggest regular season games that have been played in weeks, years, months. I mean, months. I think it's absolutely possible. Even you and I on the show a few weeks ago, building up that contest against the Jets, we said the Jets win that game, this last contest between the uh, between Winnipeg and Nashville, Jets are going to win the Central Division. They're going to. Yeah. And look where we are yeah, now. They might not. Yeah, yeah they, they might not. They've lost six out of their last seven games. The Blues continue to come on. Any three of those three teams could win the Central Division. So the Jets, Preds, and Blues all idle on Friday night. They all play on Saturday. Again, we mentioned it. You'd you'd prefer not to have to worry about St. Louis and Winnipeg on Saturday. Again, mm-hmm. if the Predators win, you're right, and you don't doesn't matter. Sense. Yeah, right. So and and so many different things can happen. How did we get here? A five-two loss to Columbus last Saturday, which seems like a distant memory at this point with the mm-hmm. way that the rest of the week went. A three-two win in Buffalo. Austin Watson returned to the lineup, and the Predators have arguably their ideal lineup for the first time all season. The only time they've had every guy healthy and ready to go, including those trade deadline acquisitions as well. And then Thursday, the 3-2 comeback win against Vancouver. Nick Benino ties it late. Ryan Johansson gets a member's bounce with 19.5 seconds to play. We were hoping it was Victor Arvidsson who got the goal-scoring record. (laughs) It was not. He's got one more game to try to do that as well. But the Benino assistance Watson line, they're back together. They scored two goals against the Canucks on Thursday night. Kyle Turris, that second line looking pretty darn impressive these last couple with Craig Smith and Mikhail Granlin. They've gotten some great chances. Craig Smith got a goal in Buffalo as well. And Ryan Ellison, you'll hear him say this as well. The Predators have been treating this entire week as postseason games. Like we have to have these games so far so good in that department. It hasn't always been pretty, but they don't ask how, they ask how many. And the Predators have four more points this week. For me, if I'm looking back over the last three weeks, that loss to the Jets on March the 23rd, that's really the only 
bad loss in this collection of games. The only other regulation loss, of course, is the one you just mentioned to begin that week um, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But again, even that is the second half of a back-to-back. You'd won on Friday night in Pittsburgh. That was a huge game, and the effort wasn't bad. It just They fell behind. They were chasing a game, and the Preds lose in regulation. In reality, over the last three weeks, we're finally seeing this roster, which arguably is the best talented, most talented roster the Preds have ever had, it's finally starting to play a little bit more like you're expecting it to. You've got wins over the Maple Leafs, the Pittsburgh one that I mentioned. You beat San Jose technically even further back from that game. And then you've gotten the victories that you had to get. And, and I liked the way that they stepped back on the Sabres. They weren't trying to blow them out. They were trying to play strong team defense, which resulted in kind of an ugly win if, if you want to be critical. But then conversely, when they're down two to nothing to uh, the Canucks, and you're thinking to yourself, this has not been a recipe for success recently. They found another way to win. Mm-hmm. And I like to see instances of that building in uh, to this postseason. So, again, the last three weeks are looking pretty good, and you've got the potential to win that Central Division and play the Dallas Stars, and that's that's a pretty good look, I think, if you're able to do it because you're also pairing Winnipeg and St. Louis together. I guess one quick note on that. For the Preds, they – they don't win the tiebreakers with St. Louis and Winnipeg. So the win is crucial, effectively. Now, of course, there's a situation where the Jets and Blues both lose in regulation. You know, essentially no points are gained. That's possible. But if you're going to start sorting through the weeds and saying, well, what if they got one point and the Preds got, you know, that point? And again, they've put themselves in the driver's seat, which is all you can ask for out of this final week of the regular season. Now you've got to execute. Now you've got to take it. As we do on most things, I think you and I agree on this as well. Is this your ideal lineup heading into the playoffs? I think we had mentioned that the way that the lines are right now with Mm -hmm. everybody back, everybody healthy. Joe Feline, of course, we know as well the Sissons Benino Watson line, how successful they have been in seasons past. They're back together again. That second line getting chances. And the fourth line, if you even really want to call it a fourth line, of Brian Boyle, Callie Yarncrock, and Wayne Simmons – is that the best so-called fourth line the Predators have ever had? And then on defense as well, Dan Hamhuis and Dante Fabro are back in there forming a nice little pair there yeah. to round things out. Mm-hmm. I, to me, this is this is the lineup you want. And no disrespect to anybody else. Rocco Grimaldi's been skating. He's got an upper body injury. Yeah. But he could be ready to go soon. Zach Ronaldo's down in Milwaukee on injury loan. Mika Salamaki's back up. Freddie Goudreau's there. Cody McLeod. No disrespect to anyone else. Yannick Weber and Matt Irwin. I feel like this is the lineup, though, that you've seen the last couple of games that you want out there if you can on game one. It is. For me, this is the lineup that I've wanted the Predators to have for a while with a couple asterisks. The first one being you were waiting for Kyle Turris to work his way out of his slump. And this has honestly probably been his best week in months of the season. He's not gotten that goal quite yet, but he's had multiple good chances, and he's starting to make his line mates better, which in the end of the day is all you ask out of a center. Mikhail Granny looks more comfortable. Craig Smith hit 20 goals like he always does, uh, always seems to hit that number. And I like that they've got the physicality spread throughout the lineup and agreed. I think Rocco Grimaldi actually maybe makes some sense if he, if he comes back from injury for a series against the Stars. But in general, if I'm playing the Jets, if I'm playing the Blues, I want Wayne Simmons on the fourth line. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'd make any adjustments. And I think getting Dante Fabro a few regular season games before, oh gosh, the drama and the nerves of the playoffs mm-hmm. is important because he's been able to learn alongside a veteran in Dan Hamuse. And I think, again, that is one of the few 
weaknesses the Predators had last season as a team was probably their third defensive pairing at, at times in games. And in a sense, you've at least on paper made it better. And it looks like on the ice, you've probably done that as well. So while we don't yet know who the Predators will be facing in round one or where round one will begin for <laughs> Nashville, we do know that the playoffs begin Wednesday, April 10th. We also know that the round one schedule will be released on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Central. Preds on social at NashvillePredators.com. That is, of course, there it is. where we will have all of your postseason details in the days to come. Coming up next, we'll chat with Predators associate captain Ryan Ellis and discuss what's ahead for the Preds in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You are listening to the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast right here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com back along with you. The Stanley Cup playoffs are right around the corner and you want to talk about doing it right here and now. Who better to talk about that with than number four of the Nashville Predators? Ryan Ellis, the associate captain, longstanding defenseman. We chatted postseason with Ellie to get his thoughts on not only a huge regular season finale for the Nashville Predators, but also what's to come in the next couple of weeks and hopefully a couple of months for he and his hockey club. Yeah, everything, uh, it obviously ramps up here and uh, the stress becomes uh, a little higher and uh, the feelings of having a chance to win become a little higher. And uh, fortunately for us, our last game means a lot and um, it'll be like a playoff game for us because be like game one because we need to win it. We need the, the points to, to keep uh, up in the standings and um, keep that home ice for as long as we can. I understand there's like a politically correct answer to this. With you, need, you want to play at home ice, you love your fans. But when it comes to approaching a series on the road versus at home, are there advantages to both? Because I know like you kind of have the parallels of two seasons ago, you were on the road every series. Last season, you, you were at home every one. How do you approach that as a player? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, when you're on the road, I feel like we approach it, you know, we need to steal one and home ice is in our favor um, out of the first two anyway. And I think that's kind of, for me anyway, that's how I approached uh, two years ago. And and we seem to, I think we won every first game, right? So I think that boded well in our favor. And, and then last year, um, having the home ice, not that we were comfortable, but I think uh, we love playing at home and um we are we are comfortable on home ice, and not that we took a took it lightly for any uh, for any stretch of time, but I think we were just, I guess, more comfortable at home, and um, and obviously didn't work out in our favor in that sense. But um, for us, I think the group that we have and the way that we've uh, we found success, um, uh, we would like more home games, but um, I, I think it doesn't matter. Playoffs, it's a it's a whole different year, and. Um, for us, it's just as long as we get there, we have a chance in any building. So to that end, um, the home wins and the road wins were about even this season and the regular season. But you're still saying, when in doubt, you probably want that big game at home. Yeah, for sure. If you're if there's a game seven, you, you want that at home. And um, for sure, just sleeping in your bed, a home-cooked meal, um, playing in the rink that you've played, you know, three, four, five hundred games, whatever it is. Um, having the fans to support us and have our backs, I think it's uh, it'll be key um, down the stretch, and you never know when it'll pay off. But um, you would definitely want that uh, that one at home. 
at least in my memory, this has to be one of the first times, and probably in your career, in the Preds' career, that you're playing for that final win to to win the division. And you got the help from the Jets losing uh, on Thursday night. So that's got to be pretty cool and unique coming into that final game. Yeah, uh, the last couple of years anyway, I know uh, I don't think they've meant quite as much as this game does to us. Um, we've got one division banner, and we, we'd love to add another. And um, not only for that, but for the home ice, like we said. And um, it, it'll be, like I said, it's game one of the playoffs. We've really been treating these last couple of games as, as playoff-style games because we knew we had to win. We knew the other teams would do their job and that we're going to have to do ours. And, um, and it's really more or less game three for us now, and we, uh, we need to win it. Ryan, I've heard a lot of guys in your position who have been here the last few years talk about building on those playoff experiences. You go all the way back to that first year with Lavi in 15 against Chicago. You have the two rounds in California. You go to the final, the game seven last year. All those come together and all those mean something. So how do you utilize all those experiences at this time of the year to your advantage? Yeah, you got to learn from your defeats, um, you know, and obviously enjoy your wins. And um, it's experiences everything in, in sports. I feel like uh, coming in and, you know, you, the first year we played Chicago uh, when Labby was here, they were just a different beast. They, we were up 3 nothing in the first period. We thought we had that game in hand, and by the end of the first, I think it was tied 3-3. And um, I think what what allowed them to do that was the experiences it had. The, they don't panic, or they didn't panic. You know, they uh, A lot of teams, I think younger teams getting, well, for us, for instance, up 3 nothing. we're like, oh, we got this one. And, um, an experienced team, you know, didn't panic, st- stuck to their system, stuck to their their team concept, and and then came back. And I think that's what experience can do for your group. And um, if not anything, it gives you the confidence in your group, realizing that you know we've been here, we've we've been in situations like this. And whether you take it game sevens or must win game six, and um, being down to nothing to the Pen- Penguins and coming back from that and. Whatever it is, I think it's, uh, experience is key because it allows you to have the, the trust and the confidence in your group. Preds defenseman Ryan Ellis is our guest here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Lavi doesn't like to paint the whole season with a brush that much, but I'm going to ask you to do that because we're almost here to game 82. The franchise record start seems like a long time ago, and you're 13-3. and three. It's been a lot of ups and downs, but how has this season uniquely prepared you for the playoffs, do you think? Yeah, there's been uh, there's been ups and downs for sure. Um, we had a great start. Uh, we rolled right in from last year where we were playing really well, and um, and then for whatever reason, it, I think injuries had a bit to do with that, and guys in and out, and um, for whatever reason, we've kind of rode a wave of up and down. And um, but if you told me at the start of the year that we had a chance to win a division banner again for the second time in franchise history uh, with one game left, I mean. No matter uh, no matter how the year went, I think you'd take that. And uh, for us right now, it's all about this last game. Last link for me. You've experienced it before. You're going to see it on Saturday night. You're going to see it in these next few weeks. How excited are you to be in your building and experience what Smashville is all about in the playoffs again? Yeah, it's not only the building, it's the whole city. Um, I remember the Stanley Cup run, just the signs on lawns and um, stickers on cars, whatever it was, it was uh, in buildings and, and whatever. It just it was so it was so magical to be a part of that, and you know they're cheering for us, and we had this literally this whole support of the entire city, and um, so coming in now, it's not that it's changed. If not, it's gotten better. But I think playoffs just 
with all the the emotion it just ramps up that much more and um, the building seems to get louder and louder and um, it's just it's an awesome time here. I think this team's had a bit more roster turnover than years past. Traded for a lot of guys, brought in some collegiate payers as well. You're like 7-1-2 and two in your last 10. Is that an example of the team kind of finally molding, finally figuring out, finally those guys getting acclimated? Uh, I think it's it's more about us starting to do the right things um, as a group. I think uh, at different times of the year with the different injuries and the different whatever line combos or this or that, whatever it was, it you know, um, not that it, not that you ever want to, but it's easy to veer off and do your own thing at, you know, game 50 when you have 30 more and you already played 50. And But I think as it gets down the stretch, um, you realize how important it is to do the, the right things and um, be part of the team concept within our systems. And um, I think that's a, a bit of it. Also, the, the way the, the division is shaken up, it's each game has really meant uh, that much more and I think it's important for us to, to be doing those right things heading into playoffs and I think you you see that with our record so there you have it Ryan Ellis the Predators associate captain who has been through just about every playoff battle this team has seen in recent memory mm-hmm. and some really good points from Ryan especially one I think it was interesting talking about home ice and, and yeah you, you kind of wonder about that from time to time but he's saying of course yes if it does come down to a game seven you want that in your building and then two when he mentions about coming together and playing as a team right like around game 50 maybe you start guys start veering off and doing their own thing it's a long season but this is exactly the right time mm-hmm. when you want your club to come together and if there's anyone who can speak to that and who can notice that about his club and can help bring his club together it's a guy like ryan ellis Ryan Ellis was back, he was there, back as a young lad in 2011, 2012, when the Preds were knocking off the Detroit Red Wings and, and advancing to the second round, that sort of thing. Only played three games, so not not a maybe significant part of his life, but you're right, especially in the Laviolette area, uh, he's been there for all of them. And I think you've seen the Predators just build off of that. The first round exit to the Blackhawks in 15. You see them advanced the game sevens in 16 and then of course the cup final in in 17 and then the president's trophy in 18 so i think there's a lot of lessons that that have been learned from that um and hockey's a weird sport in that i think that you can only set the table for success and you can't the the favorite doesn't always win you know like weird things happen even mm-hmm. coach laviolette was saying that the other day he's like if we have the right attitude and we're playing the right way and we're doing the right things we're going to win nine out of ten times in my mind, and I just have to be at peace with that. He's like, that last tenth time works either way. You either play terrible and still win anyhow, or you know you play really well and get it taken away from. So I think that's Ellis's point of home ice advantage. Like, when in doubt, you want to be comfortable. You want to be in your own building. You want to have last change so that Coach Laviolette can, especially in the offensive zone, put out the players that he wants to. And then you just see what happens. I, I wouldn't be caught up in last postseason and be like, well, they had game seven at home against the Jets and they lost. I try to look past that because it's not as if that's happened that one time that that's going to continue to happen into perpetuity. I think I think something else worth bringing up that Coach had mentioned the other day, and we've we've talked about it for weeks on this show, right? The process. Getting the process right, You know what, exactly the process that you want to see at this time of the year. Is it working? Is it not but coach kind of took that in a different direction the other day and, and spun it a bit and said, well, yeah, we can talk a lot about the process all we want. And is it working? Is it not? Yeah. But you've got to get up every day and do the work too, right? He's like, game one, you could come out and dominate. Mm-hmm. And game two, you could get your butt whooped. 
So then how's the process, mm-hmm. right? You can say it all you want, but when it comes down to it, you've really got to get up every day and put the work in. And if you put the work in, the predators feel like they have the personnel, and they do, quite frankly, that if they play to their potential more often than not, they're going to find success. And it's a matter of getting that right just as much as the process heading into the playoffs. In my opinion, the reason the Predators are winning right now over the last 10 games and change is that they have committed to a team defensive effort and they are playing so much better as a unit. They're not standing here and saying, as an individual, I'm Philip Forsberg and if I don't do this all by myself, we're not going to win this game. And I think that's how winning is done over the long term. And then you're still waiting for certain of these individuals, especially those that were acquired at the trade deadline, to really find their game. I mean, Wayne Simmons, Mikhail Granlin, I still think they have more to give. And it's funny how hockey can determine these things. If Wayne Simmons scores an overtime goal and, like, wins a playoff series, Mm -hmm. who cares? The trade was worth it, right? I mean, like, just one goal, um, which, again, you can't hang your hat on that. But I just mean, like, I've liked the way that he's been working, and I think the tourist line with with Granlin and Smith, that that could be important as they seem to be getting a little bit more comfortable. But the fact that those guys, just as an example, aren't even at their best, and yet you're winning as a team, that's what you have to do in the playoffs. When the way the playoffs go, you're almost picking a guy like Wayne Simmons to score that goal over yeah, Victor right. Arvidsson or Philip Forsberg. That's just the way it goes. You never know who's going to get it. Anyone can play the role of hero. Two more guys who... We don't know. We could see their first playoff action coming up here quite soon. The newest members of the Nashville Predators, Dante Fabro and Rem Pitlick, the rookies. We chat with both of them simultaneously next on the Predators official podcast right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Back here on the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. We have two new Nashville Predators standing next to Brooks and I. It's Rem Pitlick and Dante Fabro. They've both been in Nashville for fewer than a month combined and only a few weeks, I think. So let's just talk about the city itself for a bit. I know you guys have been here for development camps and preseason and that sort of thing, but have you discovered anything new yet? Had a chance to try a restaurant maybe uh, in, in your time here? Uh, no, the one thing that I discovered was that uh, the city's always buzzing. I, I knew this was a pretty cool place, but uh, I tried to go grocery shopping the other day at like one thirty, and I kind of thought uh, everyone was done with lunch break and stuff like that, and it took me a while, a lot longer than I thought it would be. So everyone's always going, and I was, yeah, that's what I kind of discovered. Any discoveries for you? Yeah, sort of the same thing, but uh, Rem and I actually made a little pit stop at uh, this milkshake place that was uh, was pretty good, legendary milkshake bar, oh, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, it was fourteen dollar milkshakes. Right? Yeah, like yeah, that. a little right. little expensive, but uh, it was definitely well worth worth cool. it. That's awesome. So for you guys, you both made your NHL debuts. You, of course, were in, in school this season, Rem at the University of Minnesota, Dante at BU. You both sign your deals. You make your NHL debuts. Rem, you were first in Minnesota to do it in your home state with family and friends. Nerves, emotions, what was that night like for you? Yeah, I mean, the cliche, obviously, everyone's always going to say it's unforgettable, and, you know, it was nothing short of that for me. Obviously, it was super special that so many friends and family could be there to support, so that was just the biggest thing. So many important people that uh, helped me get to this point that I wouldn't be here without them were able to, to be there and watch, so that was really special for me and my family as well. And Dante, yours comes in Nashville against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know you had some family come down. How was that night for you, putting on the jersey for the first time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. Get to do it in front of the home crowd and, um, you know, play in front of Bridgestone. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a lot of excitement, a little bit of nerves. But, um, you know, overall I thought it was, uh, it was a great experience and, 
you know, just just being out in the ice with all those guys is uh, is some in itself. So um, to see my family after after the fact, and you know, everyone kind of had tears in their eyes, and um, you know, it's just uh, it was uh, like Remet said, it's a it's a special moment you share with your family. Dante, your family is familiar with Nashville to a point. I know your sisters played soccer at Austin P. So kind of like a family reunion in a city that uh, has some familiarity there. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to see my sisters come down for that game, and um, you know they got to catch up with some old friends. And um, I think uh, my one sister went down to Clarksville to, to go visit uh, you know the school and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good to see all their friends and you know everyone out. Uh, we had we had dinner after the game and. Um, you know, it was uh, you know it was a good time to, to see everyone and kind of just sit back and relax and kind of you know embrace that uh, you know that moment that uh, I was able to have uh, a point with the Preds. Rim, we've talked about this on a past show, but your dad played in the NHL. Your cousin does as well. Was that something growing up where you were like, cool, my like my cousin plays in the NHL and I want to. I remember my dad did, and I want to be more like them. Or is it like, no, I I can do this too if I, if I work hard and dedicate myself. Like I can be an NHL player as well. Yeah, well, honestly, I think that's something that they both instilled in me. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, work hard and get to where they want to be, and um, that's just kind of what they preach to me. You know, you got to work hard, and it's not easy to get here. And um, obviously, I, I was in awe of both of them. I look up to both of them, and, um, you know, they've given me a lot of advice, but that was kind of the core of it, just to, to work hard, and uh, you'll be there soon enough. So, you know, appreciative to all the advice that they've given me. Has that kept your relationship a little bit closer with Tyler, I guess, just since he is in the NHL and now that you will be as well, maybe kind of texting back and forth, that sort of thing? I mean, yeah, Tyler and I have always been, uh, you know, kind of close. Um, but, yeah, more so we've been talking a little bit more now with uh, the transition and different things like that. So um, he's a great mentor and a role model, and I'm uh, really thankful to have him on my side. And if you play him in the playoffs, you're going to run him over or something yeah. like that, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Rem, were you old enough? Do you remember watching your dad play? Were you able to, to do that when you were growing up? Yeah, I remember going to the games. Um, I didn't really watch. I went to, like, the, the little kids' play area or whatever, and I was, like, more interested in, like, the they always had, like, superheroes come in, like Spider-Man and Batman. So I was all tied up in that. But, uh, you know, I just watched my dad's highlights, and, um, yeah, I would give him a stick in the face. I didn't like the way he played. So, uh, yeah, he was a, a crazy guy out there sometimes. But, you know, that's just the way he played. Dante, you've been following the Preds for a while, but then even since you've been drafted as well, to watch them go to the final, to watch that from afar, now to be on the cusp of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's got to be pretty cool thinking to yourself, like, this city's going to turn more gold and really get behind us. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got the, the opportunity last uh, last year to come down for a playoff game. Um, I think it was game five against Winnipeg at home. And um, I think just to, just to be, you know, downtown and, you know, kind of in that atmosphere, it was uh, something pretty cool to see. And, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, to, to the playoff uh, playoffs here. So, um, you know, I'm super excited and, you know, ready to kick stuff, uh, kick stuff off. It's crazy. It wasn't all that long ago when you stepped off that draft stage with the jersey on for the first time. And I remember you saying that you did follow the team growing up. So when you do follow a team like that, and they are the ones that pick you, you kind of look down at the logo and be like, what in the world? Like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a pretty surreal moment, um, you know, when stepping out on the ice for that first time. But, um, you know, with, with anything, uh, you know, changing teams or making the, the jump to another league, it's um, that comes with, comes with challenges. But, um, you know, big, big credit to, to all the guys in the locker room and the coaching staff and support staff for, you know, helping me out uh, along the way. And it's been uh, so far a pretty, pretty smooth transition. And, uh, you know, I'm just pretty, pretty thankful to, to be here and playing for the Preds. 
Our guests are Nashville Predators forward Rem Pitlick and defenseman Dante Faber here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. We caught wind that you had dinner at the Hamhuse family household recently. I have so many questions about that. I mean, what, what did you eat? What was it like? I mean, the, whoever wants to kick it off, I guess I'll go to you first, Rem. Uh, how, how was that experience and how helpful can that be in a more real sense, of course, getting an NHL veteran to help get you acclimated? Yeah, it was uh, it was really nice. Obviously, having someone to kind of you know welcome you. Obviously, meeting new guys, it's a little nerve wracking, especially you know NHL guys. It's kind of surreal when you meet everyone, and for him to be nice enough to invite Dante and I over to dinner, uh, it was fun. We had like uh, make your own taco night, so we had nice. chicken, beef, uh, you know different types of lettuces, salsa, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Dante and I brought him over some some cupcakes for for desserts, and then we we hung out with the kids, played spoons. Um, Apples to Apples Junior. Um, yeah, it was fun. A lot of laughs, and uh, we really, we really appreciated that. That's something I would imagine our listeners don't think about a lot. Like you guys just got out of college and you're in a new place. Like just have a night more with a family and some fun. That that's got to be relaxing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just kind of like uh, Remit said, a few laughs and um, getting to meet a guy like that with you know a lot of experience under under his belt and see how he conducts himself. You know, away from the rink is is. Uh, is pretty eye-opening to, to i think us and you know it's uh it's pretty pre- like we're pretty appreciative of you know his hospitality and and you know what he's done for us so far uh since we've been here so rem you mentioned in the beginning of the interview just going grocery shopping like stuff like that i think that people don't think of you know you've got to learn all the stuff on the ice but stuff like going to the store taking care of what you need to take care of where to sit on the bus on the plane like stuff like that how has that been transitioning over and just kind of figuring out okay, how do I go about my daily life now? Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. Those are kind of the things that you don't really think about coming in. You, you don't really know how guys are, if they're kind of uptight about, you know, their, their certain playing spot or different things like that. And, you you know, you're coming in at a time where it's playoff push and stuff like that, and you, you don't want to be messing with anyone's, you know, routine. So it's just kind of like wait and see and, uh, you know, have people direct you. You're just kind of doing waiting for everyone else to tell you what to do. But, yeah, obviously, like coming here too, and just you know trying to get in your own routine as well. It's it's a little bit difficult, and you gotta figure some things out. But you know the city's awesome; they have great spots here, so it's been uh, pretty good. Besides the traffic, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, it doesn't have to be a country artist. I know that's typically where people go, but what's an act that you love to see now that you're in Nashville? We get a, a lot of pretty awesome music artists, uh, not only at Bridgeton Arena but around the city. Someone you're hoping to see in the months, uh, I, guess, I guess, to come. Uh, Man, there's there's so many. Uh, List them. Let's hear them. I got. Uh, I'm a pretty big country guy, so okay. I think the. I saw Luke Bryan in Vancouver, but I'd like to see him again. Uh, I think a big one on my list is uh, Eric Church and uh, Chris Stapleton. Okay. So. What about you, Rem? I would say uh, I'm a, a moderate country guy. I, I kind of mix it up with my music. It's not my top genre, but I always get a little bit of uh, grief for it. People say he's not really like a country guy. He's more pop, but I really like Sam Hunt, so I, that's kind of okay. like my, my country go-to music. All right, that's not bad. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't ask, do you have any pets? Yeah, Everybody wants to know about the dogs. Have pets. So, yeah, anything growing up right now? I know you probably don't have a dog with you right no, now. I, you might not like this. My, uh, my dad uh, never let us have pets growing up, so... Gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, we were always away and yeah. um, didn't have the time to take care of, uh, you know, if we had a dog or whatnot. But he had a dog growing up, and unfortunately, we didn't. I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, uh, wasn't too happy about it. But, um, you know, I love dogs, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to get one definitely in the future. We'll save that question, Rim. Surely you had a pet of some kind. Yeah, we had a, okay. <laughs> we had a, we had a cat. No dogs growing up. We had a cat. Uh, he just recently actually uh, ran away from us. So, so uh, 
yeah, my, my brother was honestly the one that was most heartbroken. He loved that cat. So, uh, yeah, all, nothing in the, the Pitlick family house now. But uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's got a couple cats, so there's there's still some, some animals running around. But There you go. Flying out to these cities, I, I know we all like to crush some Netflix, that sort of thing, uh, when you're on the road. What what shows are you into right now? What's your, What's a personal favorite? I do not watch TV shows. Oh, my they're, gosh. Okay. They're, they're too long. Like, I'm a movie guy. Like, okay. TV shows, like, go on and on and on. I don't like it. I like a movie, and it's done. Um, I just I was on Netflix the other day. I watched Triple Frontiers, like a Net- Netflix original. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. But, yeah, I'll just stream on there and find some movies or whatever. I should say surf. But uh, <laughs> surf on the- You've got Avengers, Game of Thrones coming back. So, I mean, that's no. a, neither of that either. All right, Dante, what about you? I'm the complete opposite. Okay. I love TV shows, <laughs> love movies. Um, get big Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. Um, Blacklist. Um, kind of the list goes on. So, um, you know, if, if it's a good series like murder mysteries or, or whatnot, yeah. uh, kind of anything I can uh, that grabs my attention, I'd, I'd like to watch. So, we're up against the break, but I have to ask. So, my wife and I watched like the first four episodes of Blacklist. Didn't get into it. Do I need to stick yeah. to it? Like, how does that work? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Um, I. Personally, it was one of my favorites, um, just of the the stuff that goes on later in the uh, okay. in the seasons. But um, like, it, it's maybe it's not for everyone, but it is uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I loved it. So, hey, if you're recommending it, I'll give it a second chance. Rim Pitlick, Dante Fabro, thanks for doing this on the Preds Official Podcast. Standing outside, we had a plane fly over, all all sort of things. So, thanks for this. Thank you. Fred's official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Thomas Willis, Brooks Bratton, and producer Josh Upton back for a final segment on this week's last episode of the regular season. Bum, bum, bum. Game 82 upcoming on Saturday night between the Preds and Blackhawks. Easily and arguably the largest game and most significant game of the entire season. With a win in any fashion, the Preds are Central Division champions for the second year running. After going 20 years, 20 years without being able to pull off that feat. So that's impressive. Um, either way, we do know that the Preds have clinched a playoff spot, so they will be uh, in the dance when they begin on April 10th on Wednesday. So because of that, playoff tickets are going to go on sale on Sunday. Go to NashvillePredators.com. For more information, and then the schedule will be released on Sunday as well. Actually, just go ahead and bookmark this or remember this for the rest of your life. NationalPredators.com slash playoffs. So slash playoffs, that's the hub for everything Young Brooks. We're talking watch parties, giveaways, when the games are, how to watch. It's, it's the place to be. Let, let's just say that. Uh, you can call me biased if, if you need to. If you're surfing the web. Yeah, again, NationalPredators.com slash playoffs. That's the place to be. And from there, you can actually find out more about a new promotion um, called Bridgestone Drive to the Cup Tickets. And that's going to be giving fans the opportunity to enter through social media um again the rules will be out there uh and give your ability to win playoff tickets so they're giving away 50 pairs of tickets so 100 in total that's pretty exciting again bridgestone is the group behind that Didn't and then think you'd be getting some basic math in this episode <laughs> yeah twist and then finally again why not sell some more tickets nationalpress.com slash winter classic the pre-sales are going quickly um, a lot of you, I know, loyal listeners have already bought their tickets to the Winter Classic on January 1st against the Dallas Stars. Uh, but there are more pre-sales coming up. The largest one, April the 17th. So if you go to that webpage and sign up, you can gain access 
to be able to buy those tickets before you see them in the Stanley Cup playoffs or after you see them in the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> see them in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, we'll see uh, how that works out, of course. But yeah, so playoff tickets Sunday and Winter Classic tickets are going on pre-sale even as we speak, so sign up for that. This is cool. wanted to mention this quickly. So last week I said how I was crossing Buffalo off my list. That was my final destination. So really cool to get to beautiful Buffalo and uh, knock out all 31 of 31. But we asked you on social media, yeah. what cities, what rinks would you like to see a game in? Detroit, Chicago, Vegas, San Jose, Montreal, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, New York City, and Vancouver. All popular choices. I think we would agree that those are some of our favorite spots as well. Mm -hmm. And then specifically, Justin saying that Vancouver, he really likes the city for a unique reason, <laughs> and that's because he watches Hallmark movies with his fiance. He's a better man than I am. I was going to say, you, your uh, wife uh, watches the Hallmark movies, but she, you're not partaking. She are knows you? that she streams those on her computer. I, I just, I, I just can't make it. Um, and honestly, I think it's a better viewing experience for all because you just sit there and you're like. Oh, let me guess. It's not him. It's not the guy she's engaged to. It's going to be the friend that she just met, the quirky oddball that she's going to learn to love by the end of this 90 minutes. Anyway, sorry, Hallmark. Um, so, yeah, he <laughs> knows that they film a lot of, of those movies in Vancouver, thinks it's beautiful. It's and, beautiful. Hey, it might be my favorite road city. So, yeah. Hallmark, you have done that justice at your, least. It is your favorite road city for sure. So, yeah, that was cool. Thanks to all of you for chiming in uh, on those choices. And I, I know a lot of people have mentioned this throughout the season Sometime during the offseason, I'll say that we will actually dedicate at least a portion of an episode. We, we mentioned it bits and pieces, but we'll talk about some of our favorite road destinations and what we like about them. And um, I know that's something a lot of you have asked for and wanted. So we will certainly make sure we get to that during the offseason. And speaking of, we, we won't keep him waiting anymore. Uh, Justin Vestal, he's actually going to be our winner for that entry on Vancouver. J underscore Vestal Brooks will reach out. You've won a Predator's autographed mini helmet. Watching Hallmark movies. Watching off. Hallmark movies, making us laugh over that. So congrats to him. Um, but in the minutes we have left, let's dive into these fan questions. You use hashtag Preds podcast in your contest. You also use it to ask us a variety of topics about the Preds and hockey. A lot of questions about Rocco Grimaldi and him coming back from injury and then his place in the lineup. Yeah, so Rocco, and we mentioned it earlier in the show that right now the lineup that the Predators have, that's probably your ideal lineup going into the postseason. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, if you lose a game, we often see in the playoffs, if you win, you're not changing things. If you lose, oftentimes someone will come out of the lineup, someone will go in. If that is indeed the case, I would think that Rocco Grimaldi, if he's not in there on game one, is certainly one of the top candidates to do so. And again, we don't even know if he'll be ready. He's still yeah. out with an upper body injury. We don't know that he'll be ready, but it is a good sign that he is skating, and he is a guy that could be an easy choice to go back in there if need be. To me, he reminds me of a modified Harry Zollner, Chuck, and that is when Laviolette and David Poyle feel like they're playing a speed game or an opponent that that would behoove them to play. That's a, that's a Rocco Grimaldi situation. So that we saw that in Chicago in the 2017 series. Do we see something like that similarly? I think we might. Uh, but my bet, again, as I said earlier, if you're going Blues and then maybe even the Jets, you, you probably want to Wayne Simmons in over Rocco Grimaldi. But we'll see. Again, staying healthy for an entire playoff run, knock on wood, you know, <laughs> doesn't normally happen. Good so. to hear Harry Z get a mention on the Yeah, podcast. you know, always good to do that. Nick has two questions. Do you think Boyle or Simmons will resign after the season? Of course, both are unrestricted free agents. And how do you feel about knowing that you guys helped me put my seven-month-old seven month daughter to sleep? Well, Nick, as someone who has a four-plus-month-old daughter myself, thank you for that tip. 
She does listen to the pod while she rides around the car with her mom. But she has not subscribed yet. She hasn't subscribed yet. She does not own an Apple device, so she she does have a hard time doing that. But maybe I'll start playing it more at bedtime. So I do appreciate that. Um, as far as your first question, Wayne Simmons, I don't think he would resign with the Preds, but that's mainly because he reminds me of a James Neal from last season, and that is this is a guy that's past the age of thirty. He's going to be looking for a four, five, six year deal to really make a lot of money, and I just. Again, the Preds only have about $2 million in cap space without it going up, which it probably will. But for right now, um, they're around two, and I just don't see them paying four or five million for a guy like that. That last big contract yeah. of his career at this point. Yeah, he needs to do that as an individual, and then I just don't know about the Preds having the space. Brian Boyle, on the other hand, would not have thought that he could have a good chance to resign when they first traded for him. I think he does, to be honest. So, well, again, we'll see. The, the There's not a lot of money available there, but... I think he's just been such a great presence in the locker room. You can't, he's six six. You can't teach that, as they say. And then, he, I mean, he's scoring too. So I think he's helped to make the players around him better on those third or fourth lines. And that's that's all you can ask of a guy. Quickly, uh, Taylor, do you think Wayne Simmons will have a big impact in the playoffs? Speaking of Wayne Train, no. short answer: Yes, absolutely. He's the kind of guy that you want in your postseason lineup. He's got some skill. He can put the puck in the net, but he's also that gritty, sandpaper-type player. He's not going to let anyone mess around with his teammates. Mm -hmm. Yes, I absolutely think he will have a big impact in the postseason. Loyal listener and friend of show, Suze Gator. What impacts will Craigs and Fortunato have in the playoffs? Now, those are two players that the Preds have signed collegiately to entry-level deals. Yeah, so Lucas Craigs and Brandon Fortunato both signed two-year entry-level deals on Friday afternoon. That's more of just organizational depth. Do Mm -hmm. not expect to see them in the playoffs for the Predators. Perhaps they'll get a chance in Milwaukee. Perhaps they'll be up here mm-hmm. and maybe in a black ace situation, but that's more of a long-term look ahead to next season type deal. Yeah. Don't, don't expect to see them in the playoffs, but who, who knows? Uh, and then finally, I thought this was a fun one. John asking, how does the Predators front office uh, prepare for the playoffs? Do they do anything special decorations, theme day, special food, that sort of thing. Um, so you were saying this anecdotally earlier, but when you order something online, you get it shipped to the arena because we're there so much. So as because of that, it's it's a bit of a family feel at Bridgestone Arena for sure. So we like to throughout the season wheel around maybe a, a happy hour drink cart in the middle in the middle of a day, like when we've had six shows and games in a row. But when it gets to the playoffs, yeah, you're a little bit more to apt. You're a little more apt to celebrate things like that. Um, and actually, this has kind of been a cool experience, and I, I can't tease too much of it, but. There's also just more opportunities where the whole staff has to do things together. And I even mean like, hey, we need all of you guys to be an extra in a video. So like head down to Broadway and wear gold. Or we want to go surprise a big corporate sponsor at lunch and, you know, bring them some Preds pride and that sort of thing. So, um, again, there's almost 200, 250 staff members between the Preds and the Ford Ice Centers, plural now at this point. So because of that, we're a big group, and we have fun, especially in the playoffs. And was it last year that David Poyle got every staff member their own hockey puck-sized container of blue and gold M&Ms? Yes, yes, he did. So we'll wait and see. You never know what the GM's got up his sleeve this time of year. For Thomas Willis, you can follow him at Tommy Willis on Twitter. I'm Brooks Bratton. You can follow me at Brooks Bratton conveniently on Twitter and Instagram, Apple Music as well. Tweet us your questions using hashtag PredsPodcast to get involved in future shows and follow at Preds NHL to see the best Predators content first. This has been the final episode of the regular season of the Preds Official Podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game. For more, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. Thanks to Ryan Ellis, Dante Fabro, and Rem Pitlick for joining us this week on the POP. 
The Stanley Cup playoffs are here, and we may not have to wait for a whole week to talk to you. Hmm. Stay mm. tuned. I like a tease like that. See you, Smashville.